0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Advisor Arena podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Malm, and my goal each episode is to bring you fresh ideas, a new perspective, innovative practices from some of the most successful financial advisors in our industry. So thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. This is Jamie Malm. I'm the host of the Advisor Arena podcast, and my guest today is Jeff Foley. Jeff is the owner of Paladin Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. And Jeff, you're often a speaker at our events. You've been so willing to share some of the secrets to your success. That's always so well received. I wanted to bring some of that to a wider audience, hopefully. So welcome.
1: Thank you very much, Jamie, for having me. Glad to be here on the advisor arena. I'm very excited to to share some ideas with everyone here this morning.
0: Excellent. And Jeff, I know you made a very big change to the role you've played in the financial services industry. Tell me a little bit about what that change has looked like here for you over the last few years.
1: Yes, Jamie, it's been uh, very exciting, very scary. Um, a lot of uh, unknown, figure things out as you go along. But um, I was very excited to make the transition. I very much enjoyed what I was doing at Gradient and the people that I worked with. But um, was ready to focus on working with my clients full time. And that's kind of why I made that transition. I kind of had the, the itch for a number of years and was ready to, to make a change.
0: So we probably have people listening in here that aren't sure what, you, you know, what role you served at Gradient, but you oversaw the broker dealer amongst other roles. And obviously with that role, you have a lot of experience. You've worked with hundreds of successful advisors over the years, Privy to all the ins and outs of various business models, correct?
1: Yes, yes. Worked with a lot of different advisors, different uh, types and approaches and business models and was able to observe a lot of different ways of doing things over the years.
0: So having that background, was there still something that surprised you when you started your own firm?
1: Yes, I thought, you know, um, in many ways, I thought it would be easier in the sense that you know I felt like I was doing a good job for people, putting together a good plan for them, but there's still a lot of um, mistrust of financial services people uh, is something that I have uh, experienced quite a bit. That was something that surprised me, uh, I think more than anything else is a, a lack of trust. so that's been that's been an interesting one.
0: Yeah, I think you know, we talk a lot about the plans and the figures and the data, but really it comes down to success and sales is about human behavior, right? It's about making a connection with people and if they trust you. And that's something that you can't really teach or coach to, which is just something you have to figure out what works for you. So anything that you've maybe changed or eliminated from your practice that felt like a good idea when you started, but you realize just wasn't a fit for you or your personality.
1: Yeah, and, and that's a great point. As you, you know, you heard growing up as a kid, be yourself, be yourself, be yourself, and it's so true. It in in sales and life in general, and it's a, a good reminder. One of the things that I was doing early on in my appointments when I started off is I would have the people tell them, tell me a little bit about you and your story. And then I would turn around and do the same. Most people typically don't ask. Well, will tell me about you. Um, so I would go into, I'm um, from Kansas and here's my background and the kids and this, that, and the other. And it, it sounds odd, but it they it's, that seemed to take me backwards and maybe it's my delivery and things. So That's something I've taken out as I don't bring up my background and my history. Uh, so much, unless people ask about it. Um, and majority of the people that come in and, and meet with us, I've met them through our dinner seminars that we do. So they've heard some about my background there and in history. Um, but that's interesting if people don't ask you about that. And so I kind of took that out of my appointment conversation, if you will.
0: I, I've heard something similar. Now I can't recall if it was. You know, another podcast I was listening to or one of the books I was reading, but whomever was sharing something similar said, you know, think about if you were go you were going to a doctor or you had to have a a major surgery and you went in and met with the surgeon and all they wanted to talk about was their credentials and how successful they've been. you want that. And yeah, you know, I want to do my due diligence and make sure that you have that. But I could probably get that from reading a short bio or a little brochure or something. When you're face to face with somebody, you want that surgeon like really digging into tell me how you're feeling. Tell me this. Tell me your concerns. What can I address for you? You know, the more you ask about them, the more comfortable you're making them. So I would imagine it's similar.
1: Yeah, that's a great a great point. Yeah, that reminded me of uh, kind of a funny situation. One of those you had to be there, but I was uh, ending an appointment. A first appointment with a couple and the woman turned to me and said, well, why you, why do we trust you? What's your experience? And she asked five different questions that I, I loaded up and went through a lot of different things about my background and experience and CFP and this, that, and the other. And, and, uh, got done and she didn't mean it to, to come across this way, but she said, wow, you're really good about, uh, bragging about yourself.
0: <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and sometimes and, uh, I, yeah, I think that's how that comes across, right? Like just show me that I should trust you. Don't tell me the reasons why.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. So that's something maybe others have a different personality are able to weave that in better, but I've found let that come out if they ask about it or come out organically for lack of a better term.
0: Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point. You know, what works for one may not work for others and being able to take a step back and say, okay, that, that didn't quite feel right. Like, I feel like that's, I'm fumbling a little bit there. You can try what works for others, but ultimately you have to be authentic to yourself and make it work for yourself. And I think that's one of the reasons why our round table event has been so popular. That's an event that we host for advisors. Um, it's hosted by advisors. And really it's a time to allow the sharing of best ideas and kind of figure out you know what feels right for me and you're a regular contributor to that event. So is there an idea that maybe you got from someone else at one of those events that now you feel like I just can't live without that. That's makes such an impact on my practice.
1: Um, One of the things that I go through and I was going to mention something similar, not the round table specifically, but that's an outstanding event, but that's one of the great things about gradient and the gradient family and community is you have the opportunity by going to different events to meet a lot of different advisors with different backgrounds and approaches and see you, you take pieces out of each of those to plug into what works best for you. Um, so that's, uh, that's important. One of the things that had a, um, the biggest impact on my, our process is something that I took from a couple advisors out of Illinois and What they do is in their second appointment, they have a letter, a summary letter that they provide to the prospect that has their summary recommendations. So we took that idea, built that into our process, flushed that out more, kind of added our our own personal touch to it. And that's really central to what we use in our sales process, but it's also core to what we do. If someone becomes a client, we've then done a lot of that heavy lifting To identify here are the areas in legacy and estate planning, your risk tolerance, your income needs, your taxes, all these different areas that we can come back to. And we use that as our punch list over time to help that client cross things off that list, make progress, have some wins, and then add other things on along the way. Like, okay, now you're 65. Let's talk about Medicare supplements. And what do we do about that? So that's that's been an important tool for us.
0: I like the idea of having like a summary because I I know it can get really overwhelming to look through all of the reports and the charts and the data and the figures and it may all make sense when they're sitting there in front of you and you're walking them through you know this first and then we're going to implement this and you know at this stage this kicks in but that's easy to forget right I I think the statistics shows they're gonna remember about what 10% of what you say in the appointment so if they have a summary and I would imagine the summary has what, like bulleted items in each of the categories that highlight what you're trying to accomplish.
1: Correct. Yep, exactly right. And
0: it, it flows kind of in like a timeline so they can see just as they go through, like you said, like, are we on track? Have I overlooked something? Do I have a question on this item? And it allows them then to not have to dig through all of the, detailed reports and, and information that you're still providing, but they're not looking there for their, you know, quick overview, so to speak.
1: Exactly. And it it also helps to add um, evidence, if you will, on why would you want to work with me as an advisor? And why are we charging the fees that we charge? And why make the change from either doing it yourself or the advisor that you've worked with for 10 years? So when I get done with the the summary in the second appointment, I go back to that letter and I tell them out of all of these different things, if I feel like I'm going to get a good answer from this, out of all these different things, how many of these things, and I point to them on the page, how many of these things did your current advisor address with you?
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I love that.
1: It's usually none or a couple of them. And then I pivot into that's why we'd like the opportunity to work with you and
0: Very good. Okay, so I feel like we have established your professional role, but I can't have you on as a guest and not discuss how we know each other. So you live in Minnesota (laughs) now, (laughs) but if we rewind to the 90s, you lived in Kansas. (laughs) I live in Kansas in a very rural area, and the high school I went to had about 70 in my graduating class, so it wasn't a big school, but you and I went to the same high school.
1: Yes, you are uh, You were a few years younger than I, but your your class was the big one. You had 70. We had 50 in our graduating class. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Fellow Lindsberg you your- Viking. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I bet yeah. there's a lot of people that know us, that work with us, and have for 10 plus years that don't realize that. But my entry into this business can actually be traced back to you. And the same for Brad, my husband, who was a guest on the show here a few weeks back. We all went to high school together, so I feel like you're kind of like Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. Like, we should maybe try play a game, the six degrees of Jeff Foley instead of Kevin Bacon. But
1: you know, yes. You, know, you, you knew me back when I had hair. <laughs>
0: true, true, and Brad. I think I've got pictures to prove it. Yeah. So something that I know you do extremely well is keeping your activity level really high with multiple prospecting efforts. What does a typical month look like for you with your prospecting activity?
1: Yeah. So our main activity that we do is dinner seminars. So this past year, 2019, uh, we did, I think, 58 seminars. And in 2020, we have 52 scheduled. So that keeps the, the, uh, calendar booked, um, quite a bit. We have, uh, this is a, today's Tuesday. We have a seminar this coming Thursday. Um, the following week we have two seminars. So depending on the month, we're doing four or six, you know, uh, dates. Um, we do traditional dinner seminars at restaurants. We have, um, federal benefit seminars that we do that are non-meal events. Um, I've tried the social media seminars and, uh, we also do, uh, we're part of Dave Ramsey's, uh, Smart Vester Pro program. So those are our, our core marketing efforts.
0: So I would imagine for most 58, 52 seminars, you know, might sound a little overwhelming, but you've obviously been in this business long enough to know and agree with the fact that, seminars over the years haven't gotten easier, right? They've gotten harder. They, their returns are lower. They're more saturated. People have more options. They're becoming a little more jaded. Why do you still choose to do them?
1: Uh, To me, it's the most effective and we do some social media as well. And I think that will, you know, get better over time, but the dinner seminars are still the the most predictable. You put in X, you get out Y um, marketing approach that I've seen. And you can c- control your activity. There's a, a lot of benefits of doing that. A lot of negatives, obviously, but um, that's, that's proven to work very well for us.
0: So how many appointments would you say that's translating? If you're doing that kind of activity, what does a typical week look like for you in the way of appointments?
1: Um, so this week, um, just glancing at the calendar, we probably have 24 appointments scheduled and I've gotten back into in the holiday seasons. I get off track with this. I've been doing no appointments on Mondays and with the holidays, things get so hectic. We kind of got away from that, but this week we're back on track with no appointments on Mondays. So I think around 24 appointments Tuesday through Friday this week. Uh, the previous two weeks we ran about 30 appointments per week for the last two weeks. So it's, uh, we're staying pretty
0: busy. Yeah, (laughs) I would say so. I mean, that's a hundred plus appointments per month. And when you, you know, keep the pipeline that full and the activity that high, I can imagine that can get overwhelming in a hurry. But you have an assistant, which I can say, I know from all the agents and advisors that I've worked with over the years, it's a game changer, right? And so many are trying to keep costs down by not hiring an assistant, And it's actually costing themselves money because they're doing all the work that should be delegated. You just can't get your activity any higher because you've loaded yourself down with work that you shouldn't be doing. So any advice for others on, you know, how you get the most benefit from your assistant that allows you to work 100 plus appointments per month?
1: Yeah, it's one of the biggest things. If you're if you don't have anyone helping you out and you truly want to to grow it don't put any further thought into it you've got to figure out a way to make that happen even if you start off with a pipe uh, part-time person an intern something but you have to leverage your time and you know if you think about it if your goal is to make um making up numbers if you want to make five hundred dollars an hour don't do forty dollar an hour work find someone to do that so that you can focus on the five hundred dollar an hour activities Um, there's a lot of analogies out there. Doctor's office, you go into your, see your doctor for your annual checkup. Your doctor doesn't greet you. Your doctor doesn't take your temperature. Your doctor doesn't weigh you. Your doctor doesn't do all of these different things. They have a business model in place. Someone else will take care of those activities so they can focus on doing what they do best. And that's also a benefit to your clients is you're able to spend more of your time focusing on the activities that are going to be, providing the best benefits for your clients, not answering the phone or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah. I think that's so important. And, you know, you've done an excellent job of that. We have a lot of people that do an excellent job of using assistance, but gosh, it's so important. I cannot let you go. So one final thing here. I just, I feel like I would be doing a disservice if I do not ask you about your amazing tracking abilities. This is something anytime you speak at an event or you know, an agent gets wind of this, we always get requests to share what you're doing. And you touched on this with your seminar saying, you know, it's very predictable. I put X in, I get Y out. That comes from your tracking. But tell us a little bit about what all do you track and what are you doing with that info?
1: Yeah. So we track our production, obviously. So we have different business lines. We have our insurance side, which is fixed annuities and life insurance. I'm also a registered rep with Gradient Securities. Um, we have two RIA firms, so we have the activity we're tracking there. So we, we track our production and can look at what we have in total during ev- any given period of time. We also track the production by marketing methods. So we have our traditional dinner seminars. We've done the social media events, federal benefits, Dave Ramsey. Uh, we've, we're We've used smart assets and some other methods. So we can see here's how much revenue has been generated by marketing bucket and what's the ROI on those. Uh, we track the number of appointments we hold, how many first, second appointments, third, closing, closings, review meetings, etc. Um, those are a couple off the top of my head. And once that was set up, I spend zero time myself tracking that, I can pull up and look at a report and see where we're at in these different areas. So that's where our team comes in as they're entering and updating that information along the way. Uh, We also track our seminar results to see which venues work and which ones don't. So the key is just get it in place, have good people around you that are keeping that up to date, and then you can look at it anytime that you need.
0: Excellent so for anybody that's listening in on this if you're not tracking the activity the results in a detailed and consistent format like that go to www.theadvisorarena.com you can email me directly from there i will provide a tracker that you can start using so again that's theadvisorarena.com And for anybody that is listening, either on iTunes, Google Play or Spotify, if you take a moment to subscribe, rate and review, we've got an awesome free gift for you. So we appreciate the support. And Jeff, thank you so much for taking time out this morning for sharing ideas with others. I I know it's going to be helpful for people. So thank you.
1: Yes. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. Take care.
0: Thank you.